This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, beautiful human. How are you? It's an honor to be in your ears today. Thank you so much for tapping or clicking on our conversation with Louis Tomlinson. We have a new album to discuss and I promise you no stone will be left unturned. We have a lot to get to. A lot is in my notes and on the agenda. Faith in the Future is the album. You gotta listen to it. And please, subscribe to our podcast. Share it with those you care about. And enjoy. Here's Louis Tomlinson. Hello, beautiful human. I'm Zach. That's Stanley. Welcome to the studio. Louis Tomlinson. Hello, hello. Great round of applause that was, lads. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Starting off strong. Yeah, come on. We're excited to have you. Yeah, it's great, man. It's great. It's great. Uh, do you know what? There's been a few weird ones like that on this promo run. Like, And one of them, I walked in and the woman introduced me and she was like, can we give him a standing ovation? I swear to God, it's the eggiest fucking shit in my life. I was like, stand there like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, like, you don't really ask somebody to give you a standing ovation. It just Very happens. true. <clears throat> Very true. Yeah. Like, like people are just, they're moved to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's been a good week though, man. It, like I've, I've, um, I, I did a few of them like album listening parties this week. So me fans had a chance to listen to a couple of tunes. So it's been my first time where, cause I've had this album for like at least like nine months now. So it's, it's now been the first time that I've actually kind of got an idea of what people make of these tunes that I've had for so long. Nine months you've had the, the album, but when do you get the name Faith in the Future? Because it appeared first on banners in the crowd. Yeah. Did that inspire the name at all? No, no. Um, I will take full credit for this one. <laughs> um, it's So basically in lockdown, for whatever reason, that phrase found its way onto my lap and it spoke to me in a certain way. I wanted this album to feel more hopeful than the, than my last record. And I think it does that from the off in that statement. But the reason that the fans had made banners and stuff of it is because about, maybe about, I want to say nine months ago, but not everything happened nine months ago, but about nine months ago, roughly, I put out on my social media, on, on Twitter, I just put that phrase out faith in the future in isolation with no context and i just felt there was this kind of magic around that phrase so i kind of built the album around that phrase what what give you did you see tangibly hope like what what i think the re- that's another reason why i like like the title because i'm not gonna lie like 
it kind of defines my own individual journey, really, personally, professionally. I've had to have faith in, in the future, in my own future, professionally, personally, whatever that might be. You also have a kid. Yes. When yeah. you look at There's your, the future right there. Th- that's a tangible, yeah. physical represent representation of like your future, mm. society's future. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also like it just... You know, I, I felt like a good time to put something out. When I actually came up with the idea, um, I'm pretty sure the first time I thought about that phrase, now I'm, I'm certain on this, that COVID hadn't happened. And then COVID happened, it just thought, it just felt too appropriate. And of course we can focus on the glass half empty if we want to, but why not focus on glass being half full? I, I think that's the right approach to life, but does that all... Did you always look at things like that? Yeah, I, 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 I am pretty. I would say I'm pretty lucky. I, uh, it's not that I have like the inability to worry, but it doesn't. Those thoughts never last very long in my head because there's always, there's always been, especially that profession. There's always been, it's been too much for me to want to prove, or there's so much left for me to achieve. So all those things kind of motivate me on those like down days. Isn't that a pretty cool thing? to actually come to terms with is that there's so much more for you to achieve yeah i mean definitely given the context of my experience in one direction i mean you know without blowing our own trumpets so to speak um you know we did it all in the band so like that's been an interesting thing for me is kind of redefining what that word success means to me and 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 what's going to make me ambitious and what's going to make me happy and what I need to, you know, what I've got left to achieve, like I just said. Usually I go into the, like, how do you define success question later on. But I, I, I think a lot of it is tangible in the choices and the moves you made when putting together this next body of work. Especially as I remember our last interview. Mm. You, even down to how you curated your writing rooms. You didn't curate it with writers. You yeah. chose artists. Mm. And there's a difference there, correct? Definitely. And this is, you know, this is this is me speaking um, stereotypically. Of course, there are other examples of uh, other professional songwriters who are going to give you everything you want. But through my experience, nine times out of ten, when you work with professional songwriters, it's their livelihood. So that means that the more singles they get, you know, the better off they're going to be. So sometimes you do feel like the air has almost been stained before you've even walked in because the intentions are different. The intentions are about finding singles and about, so not just finding a single, finding a single that's going to be really commercially successful so you're going to get good money off it, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas when you work with artists... People aren't thinking about that. And obviously we have the luxury to do that because our, our, our job is is broader than just the writing. And we I understand that we have the luxury to do that. But at the same time, it means that every song, be it, you know, a, a two minute album track or something like Bigger Than Me that kind of feels and sounds like a single, you, every song gets the attention it deserves. And that's what I've kind of really benefited from on this record is it just feels like it's there's so much more soul to it and i don't mean that in terms of the genre i mean there's so much more life and honesty because of that is as you look back to walls how have you grown as a writer 
think I've just got more confident and 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 I've definitely got better as a writer but I think it's most I think more confident as an artist and and more a better understanding of who I am as a person as the two the two are intertwined yeah. they really are like as a person as an artist I think you know I, I had a I had a pretty good grasp on who I am as an individual but it does become a little bit more complex when you're thinking about who you are as an artist because you're thinking you know the, the, there is a, a process in your head where you're trying to place yourself A based on past experience like myself or also you're looking to other people in the industry and thinking well where do I sit amongst that and it, it doesn't really work like that you kind of got to find those things out for yourself if that makes sense do you is it hard to come to the I, the, the right way to phrase this I think is like it's a very mature thing to understand that the only person you should be comparing yourself is yourself yeah exactly that yeah is there a moment that you realized that have you fully realized it I think so but you I can think, also forget it too I think so well yeah those I do think those things it's like and the same I could say the same about kind of trusting my gut that's it's a daily not a daily yeah. struggle but a daily conversation those things you've got to stay on top of those things um, but I will say where I I didn't expect to feel this comfortable musically as a performer as a songwriter the last time I sat here when we did that Walls interview I, I feel like there's there's been quite a lot of growth since then. I feel like a slightly different artist, different person. Can you see it in your stage show? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd, 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 I'd say so. And actually, that was the missing piece of the puzzle for me. Yes, now I'm finally confident about who I am as an artist. Um, and that took some working out. But actually, what where the where the confidence has come from is the consistency of show after show after show after show and it leaves no room for self-doubt and my i'm so blessed with my amazing crowds that you know when you have that many shows and you have such a great atmosphere at those shows like i said there's no room for any other thing other than kind of patting yourself on the back and going well done but you also command the room you feel like you're performing just to one person, mm. but there's a massive room of people who are there connected by love and acceptance yeah, and completely and totally judgment-free. Mm. I saw you at the YouTube theater and it was superb. Really fucking amazing. Which, do you know which night you came on? The sat well, I think it was the weekend. So did you yes. think you came on the Saturday or the Sunday? I think I came on... Oh, I think I came on the Saturday. I think uh, uh, Claudia will remember. I'm pretty sure that was the, sh the show that my son was at. Um, anyway, special show, man. Really special show. That was amazing. I mean, obviously, that that's top of mind, right? That your your son is there. Say that again. The, the fact that your son is in the venue, do you think about that while you're on stage? Massively. Yeah. That was probably across the 80-odd, and that's not a flex, the 80-odd dates I played this year, I'd say it's probably the most nervous I've been. Um, it, because and he the is irony there? is, like you know, my like bless him. He's 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 such a good lad, and he was so excited, and he brought a little banner, <laughs> and um, and and also he normally he's in bed by like seven o'clock every night, but the show finishes at about half ten eleven. He stayed up throughout it, absolutely loving it. So obviously, I know he's gonna have a good time, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is the first time my son's gonna see me perform. Like, I better deliver. You know what I mean? I need to like a hero up there. <laughs> Um, so I can remember and also I got really emotional as well the first time I kind of locked eyes with him in the room because that room's big but it's still like small enough for you to be able to see 
and uh that was emotional man that was probably one of the most emotional times i've, I've had on stage really it was amazing and he just beaming he was so excited to be there oh that he's gonna remember that forever yeah yeah that's crazy yeah did that- he give you a review afterwards did you ask him how you were I did, and I think he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, it's funny because I, I, I remember having a similar experience with my younger sisters and young kids, their understanding of all this world is it's interesting because it's only now Freddie's been to that show that he understands that not everyone's dad does what I do because it's always been normal to him and it was the same with my younger sisters it was always normal to them it's not until they kind of get amongst like you know other friends and other families that they understand that maybe this is a little bit more abnormal than you know the average life does seeing him in that venue help add to your definition of success today I I mean, subconsciously, yes. When you ask the question, of course. But instinctively, I kind of... I've always been pretty good at kind of... There's a split in the middle. There's my professional life and there's my personal life. And success, although the the word will overlap across the two, it's not in those moments like it, it, it... trying to find the right words but it doesn't really if when i go for example when i have i say on this tour i've just done we'll do like a maybe six week run on like maybe over europe and then i've had my work hat on the whole time and then i'll come back and i'll come spend a couple of weeks with freddie and it does feel like i kind of take that work hat off put my dad hat on and the two of them are kind of separate and i kind of love it for that reason i I think it's needed too yeah it's also healthy yeah well true yeah yeah um but it just it gives me a moment in my life that you know fortunately unfortunately dependent on your interpretation there isn't a load of normality in my life so those moments i cherish those moments you know like those dead normal moments of just taking him to the park which by the way i fucking love because people watching over here in la is a sport man it's fucking funny that shit so like you know i'll take my son and meet me best mate he works for me and he's out here with me as well so we'll go together and we'll take him to the park some of the conversations you're privy to like some of these like young parents over here they are just I don't want to say they're mad but they do chat some funny shit so i get some mild entertainment out of it as well <laughs> i'm assuming you don't fit in with the dad group <laughs> do you know what i swear to god like um maybe fucking hell, it was dead eye pitch isn't it um if there's like maybe 40 parents in the park there's only ever really two or three dads that, that i see there huh. um but no i'm not in the i'm not in the dad crew yet waiting to be invited <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're in your 30s now we're getting up there and i've got gray hair so i might as well just join the club yeah <laughs> i'm an old man i never <laughs> never wanted to say this <laughs> you keeping a division between home and show and work that does also allow you to be a rock star and it does you are doing a rock and roll show up there it, yeah well that 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 is that's another good thing about it definitely um yeah man this 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 tour has been like the shows obviously have been amazing the crowds have been amazing but actually everything else that comes with that there's been a lot there's there's been a lot of drinking this year but loads and loads of fun at the same time man in my opinion obviously it's about balance to a degree but that's how touring should be done, man. It's got to be a bit boozy. And it's the, got to. The confidence you're exuding, 
it shows. Mm. I uh, I see photos of you on the barricade. Vodka Red Bull's powerful, man. <laughs> <laughs> you allow people to touch you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Sometimes it gets pretty crazy. Oh, oh, I've you've been choked. Yeah. That. You know what? That that happened at like one show, and then like I swear, like every other show now, someone's got their hand on me neck. It got a little bit weird when someone grabbed me dick one show, and like that was a little <laughs> bit extra. That was a bit too much. But. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, uh, but I'm not gonna lot? lie. Like even when, like, I don't even know if I should be advocating this, but like, without going specific into whatever they do when I'm down there, the feeling that I get when I walk out um, for the first song and I see the crowd for the first time, that's like a tenth of the feeling of what I feel when I go down into the pit because it's just like it's like that feeling just kind of bottled up and it just gets kind of thrown over you. And there's so much energy, there's so much like intensity in those moments. By far my favorite part of the show. It, it is gross seeing people stick their fingers in your mouth. That was weird, you see that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Oh yeah, I think I, I watched the video. I think I thought that was the mic or something. Like <laughs> I, I looked a little bit confused in that moment. I don't even remember it. That's another thing. Once you're down there, it all happens so quick and it's so chaotic. Like I remember watching that video, but I don't even remember it happening. But, but that energy does make you wreath, like it changes perspective as mm. it relates to music and impact and like really understanding who you're performing to. It is wild. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, not quite got round to fully immersing myself in the crowd yet, but maybe no, no, no. next I, talk. I maybe mean, to be honest, talk. they're getting very personal and handsy. Like, watch your hands. Like, a little bit. Right? <laughs> like, that's... Uh, yeah, no, it gets, it gets intense. I will say across yeah. South America, different gravy. Like, it was amazing forward slash scary at the same time like yeah incredible i had a shirt ripped off me my shirt nice fucking burberry shirt as well it was button up that was my first mistake i went with the button up shirt and i went down and they literally just pulled it from me and just completely ripped it to shreds that's a weird experience though it must be different because with one direction you guys never got to get that close to the crowd did you no i think that the might like i feel like in the earlier days um i personally did do a bit of that i mean i don't know on what song like you hardly get down on what makes you beautiful to immerse yourself in the pit but maybe <laughs> um but yeah it is it is i mean i the, the, i could probably count on one hand how many times i had an experience even remotely similar to that but it's by far the best part of the show and i've seen seen some of my fans kind of speculating like why does he like that it looks like scary and intense and whatever but that's kind of why it's exciting. There is an, ele an element of danger to it that makes it feel really fucking just amazing. And they like, like I said before, like if you think you understand what a feeling of adrenaline is, like that is like a times ten in that moment. Mm. It's unavoidable. It's on top of you almost. Rock and roll. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> did, did touring this past album Walls? Did that change your perspective on the music you make moving forward? Basically, what I feel like I did on this tour was I carried the energy of this new album, Faith in the Future, but obviously only had Walls songs to perform mm -hmm. because we actually, one thing we realized when we put the set together is it, there's not a load of tempo on Walls. So my band had to kind of create these interesting live moments. Mm -hmm. um, but... I, d I wouldn't I wouldn't I, I would say almost in reverse I wouldn't say it's kind of influenced the music I was gonna make maybe the live moments maybe being in those live moments and kind of 
getting a very literal example for what those moments feel like, I'm sure affected me subconsciously within the right. Mm-hmm. There were also songs that you performed on tour that didn't make it to the album. Yeah. Like Change. Yeah. Why is that not on there? Um, I, do you know what? I've got, I'm sure other songwriters can relate to this. I've got this funny feeling about old and in inverted commas songs and especially songs that didn't make the cut for something so change was in between walls and uh, faith in the future but i think i wrote change maybe two or three months four months maybe after releasing the first record it just feels like a moment in time it's not that I don't think it's good enough for this record, because I do, but it, it also feels like a moment in time. It feels less appropriate to be on this album. It almost acted as like a transitional song between album one and two. Interesting. So, but like, what was its purpose on tour? Um, I suppose, Well, I, I, did, I did a similar thing with one of my songs, Copy of a Copy of a Copy. <laughs> and... <laughs> and... I think the, originally the intention was just to play something new. I didn't know if it was going to make it on the record or not. Um, but also, the, you know, there's a lot of bands that I grew up loving. Like that's how they would trial their new music. Yeah, that's the totally. old school way to trial music. Get a, a very literal example of do people like it or do they not? Do you see them moving? Do you see them bopping their head? Does it make them feel something? And are you taking tally of that while you're doing the song? You're trying to. I would say that um, when songs don't hit as well, and I, there was one on tour that we caught. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. That's when you feel it, because I'm so blessed to have such an amazing atmosphere 99.9% of the time. And when that dips just 1%, you can kind of feel, feel that it. on certain songs. Totally. And actually, no, actually, and the fans may disagree with me on that, but the, the but I never felt the same reaction to change that I did copy of a copy. That's why I started to take it out of the set, and then in the end... It was never going to make the new record anyway, to be honest. It was a moment in time. Not that I'm done with it, but I feel like I've moved on since then. So those songs are a moment in time. Are the songs that make up this album more of a timeless air to it, energy to it? No, I wouldn't say so. Um, there is something about the fact that because there's other songs that are like demos that you know have crossed the first re- record and the second record that. It's once they don't make the cut that you kind of, you've made your mind up on them. It's like people have mentioned to, I've been asked on this kind of promo run, were there songs on walls that you didn't include in the album that you might include on this one? But, you know, there's a reason they're not on the first record. No, you sell those to other artists, right? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, So, yeah, I I, I don't really know. I, I, I do think it's a moment in time. I don't necessarily have that feeling about I was going to say I don't have that feeling about Walls, but I do to a certain degree. I think every album is a moment in time. And especially because as artists, we're constantly evolving, constantly growing. From every song you write, you feel like you learn a bit more. So, So, yeah. When we look back 20 years, 30 years, by we, I mean you, and you listen to this album, what do you you think you're going to be able to hear? What, what, What... images will come to your mind i think it'll be you know if I, I often try to think of my career as like a five album thing hopefully longer but like i'm trying to look into the future long term on that i think it'll probably be something that i look back on and say that was the moment that i kind of took control of myself musically and really owned my own taste fuck yeah yeah i mean that that redirects everything you do moving forward definitely yeah change the intention yeah so 
What is the intention of this album? To honestly, to be able to sell another tour, to be able to to, to be able to carry on touring, and that will be uh, will uh, ask me in three years, but I doubt that that will change. That's the most important thing to me is to be able to have these amazing live moments because why I love tour. There's so much. I don't want to call it bullshit, but there's so much mystery in my life. Let's say a radio station will say, if you come in and do this interview for us, we might play your record. <laughs> and then they don't, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, Breaking news. <laughs> um, or whatever it might be, you know, a press opportunity or conversations with the record label. All these things where there is an element of mystery. Whereas, and you're hoping that people are going to kind of honour their word. Whereas what's amazing about tour is it's black and white. What you see is what you get. If I come off stage at the end of that show and feel like I gave most of the people in there a good night, that's it. then I've done well. And that it's as simple as that. And that's and it's what in I your love control about too. it, man. I love that shit that it's, I'm not trying to read between the lines. There's a very, very literal black and white example of yes, a yes or no Yes or no answer to the question. Did I have a good night? Did you guys have a good night? Yes, easy as that. Whereas sometimes conversations with radio, record label, etc., you're always reading between the lines, you know? Oh yeah, and it's a cycle, and they're beating around mm. the bush, and they're never giving you straight answers, and ultimately, like, it leads to nowhere. Yeah, but but and it's also those are things that are out of your control. You can't account exactly. for whether or not a radio programmer or some label executive is going to champion something. You, you, you don't know. Mm. But what you do know is that you can go to X city, you can hang out with X amount of people, you can create an experience that will last these people a lifetime, mm. and an experience that you'll carry with you for a very, very long time. Yeah, and that, just picking up on what you said there, that, you know, the experience that or the memories that people are having at these shows, that's something that this year's taught me, and that's also given me a load of confidence, is because I've been able to look into people's eyes, especially on the front few rows, of what these shows actually mean to them, and, and, and what these songs mean to them. And, you know, I haven't necessarily heard it in words, but I felt it yeah. from them. And that's given me a load of confidence on this tour. That's something that I didn't really fully understand before this year. I had an idea but in terms of the level of importance, and you really do feel that, especially since COVID and we all missed live music and we wanted for those moments, now they came back and I just just felt this, just dead proud, man, dead proud to be able to create these moments for people, definitely. That will last them forever. Mm, and a community so. that you've cultivated mm. for a very long time mm. that really, they're brought together by this music. You're big on interpretation, so you don't want to go into the meanings of records, which I totally respect as art, you know, just like a painting is in the eyes of the beholder. Yeah, Music is in the ears of the beholder. Exactly. And 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 what I, I don't want to spoil the surprise for someone. If someone has got an opinion on what a song means to them, and maybe it actually has a real weight emotionally, and they're like, this is what that means to me. And then if they ask me, and I was like, oh no, it doesn't mean that, it's just about something random. Yeah, I ruins, just kill the dream. Totally. Do you know what I mean? So I do think it's important to keep those things close to my chest. A song. Well, I want to go to One Direction real quick, and I want to get back into the album. Home. Are you the reason that that song ended up coming out? Because it wasn't on an album. Do you know what? There's a couple of things in uh, in my career that um, the fans just give me credit for. Now <laughs> you wrote before, on that record. You what? You wrote on that record. I wrote that. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Yeah, it's a song that I really like. Um, 
did I push for it to be released? I, I've got a very, very stoner memory. So <laughs> if I challenge myself for a second, I don't think so. I, I, I don't actually think so. Not off the top of my head. I always like that song. Um, but yeah, that not, not, not to my knowledge. Next question. That is a, a theory derived from fans. <laughs> Have you been leaking your own records? Mm. What, no. <laughs> um, no. There, there was a time um, around Walls where I actually seriously thought about it and it was where I kind of wasn't getting my own way creatively. Maybe single conversations weren't going my way and I just thought, well, maybe I'll just put it out to the world. That's the luxury of having something like social media. Record labels think they're in control, but I could just put it out there if I want to. Um, so... I lost my train of thought, but I, th I think I finished what I was saying. The so, stoner thing threw me. I just became one. <laughs> <laughs> Cannabis has changed my life. It's an amazing it's drug. It's fucking amazing, man. It's fucking amazing. Really, truly. I, uh, giving me a whole new lease and perspective on how I it's operate. It's great for perspective, man. Especially in my world, like, you need to be able to switch off in my world, man. It's good for that shit, definitely. It, it goes back to, like, being able to leave things at the door sometimes mm. and, like, drawing that divide. Because even with, like, a work-life divide, it allows you to focus on life, which then in turn actually inspires the art you're making. Definitely, definitely. And also those social moments, man, like, when you're chilling together, like, oh. it's cool, man. It's lovely. Community. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What are you thinking? Well, Faith in the Future is your sophomore album, but does it really feel like a sophomore album for you? Uh, educate me. Is sophomore an American term? Yes. So it means second album. Second album. But is it is is it related to education, or am I just assuming? That? No, no, no. It is. It, you know, you're you're assuming correct. Okay. Uh, freshman, sophomore, okay. junior, senior year of high school. Okay, I'm learning. Okay. So that's like between middle school and college. Okay, cool. But they always say just, there's so much pressure on a sophomore album, but for you, it's almost like it's not. It is, but it isn't. And, I, and I, it was something I was I, I thought about going into the second album because that is something that people say and there's obviously a certain pressure with the second record. I think where I think my situation is quite specific and coming mm -hmm. out of a band like One Direction obviously brings its own pressures to then the first record that you make. So it, it almost felt like in reverse for me. The thing is with you know new bands with or new acts with their first album sometimes that will they'll have a very clear identity and then you've got to work out in the second record do i evolve do i keep the the similar identity what i had before etc etc whereas with me it, it kind of went the other way around i took baby steps on the first record or at least on half of it in terms of you know showing who i want to be as an artist and it, it wasn't until i kind of got through that whole process that i thought you know, it's time to start fully kind of matching what I love in terms of taste and music. So I haven't, haven't felt, I felt much more pressure on that first record, definitely. Because, and, that, and that's another thing with the tour, you know, that it's not that I don't feel like I can't lose right now, but if I don't win on radio, if I don't get radio support, you know, if my record label decided tomorrow that they didn't want to be with me anymore, 
etc etc i still have me fans and i still have Bro, me tall. you yeah. could literally sell you could sell huge venues forever you could release music forever <laughs> own every aspect of your music forever yeah if anything you could i, I mean i can argue to say you'd be in a much better like you'd make a lot more money yeah 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 well that, that was something it was something before i signed with bmg that was something that i actually thought about kind of going out independently um but what I didn't, what it's difficult. You, you often look to the future, no pun intended, um, <laughs> when you're thinking about this. And actually, I didn't. What I didn't want to do is go out on my own and then be sat on my rocking chair when I'm 60, 70, going, you know, maybe I should have actually had one more go with the major label. And actually, my experience today, we'll see how we feel in a couple of years' time, but it's been really, really positive with BMG. Yeah, because you're also amazing and you fucking work, dude. Yeah. You know how yeah. many people don't work? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. And I yeah I've been here, there, and everywhere this week, to be it, fair. It's ridiculous. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, it is crazy, and I respect the amount of respect I have for you is fucking tremendous. Thank you, man. Thank you. Because you genuinely don't. You, there's so many artists who have not even achieved what your pinky toenail has achieved. <laughs> who would throw hissy fits out the ass mm. to go to any of the cities that you've traveled to in the last week? And like, I I just have the most respect. That it, it just means a lot. And also, like, you're cultivating relationships, so they better play your fucking record. Too right, man. <laughs> well, what, what, we did kind of talk about that before we started. Like, what made you want to go to all these cities around America to promote the, the music? Because you really don't need to. Yeah, it, it, it combination of things. Um, I didn't... I didn't expect to have a song like Bigger Than Me. I didn't have one on the first record. And what I mean by that is a, a real good chance at having a good, in inverted uh, commas, single. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, and that's... Oh, fucking hell. I just completely lost my train of thought. Sorry, what did you just ask? We were, I was asking why you decided to go across America. Right, so... Two things. So... I've, I thought if we've got this song bigger than me that I, in my opinion, feels like a good play, let's really try and, you know, give it everything we've got. Um, and something I'd done on tour and I'm going to do on the next tour as well is try and play more, as well as the main markets, try and play more secondary markets as well. So that was kind of the intention with radio is kind of getting out to other places. Now, the bottom line is... Um, you know, these radio stations that I went down to, everyone's been great and everyone was lovely. But the reason I've gone there is to go and see the fans in those places. Mm -hmm. So at maybe at the majority of those um, radio stations, we did listening parties. So fans were there and they got to listen to three or four of the new songs. So it's mostly about kind of giving fans who live in one of the secondary markets, in inverted commas, as we call it in the industry, just giving them that opportunity. Um do I need to do that? Maybe not, but me record label are very good at kind of telling me that I do. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, you've already done it and it doesn't hurt and you build relationships with the people who live there and truly with the with the radio station. Yeah, yeah. It goes a long way. Yeah, well, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Um, but it, it's, 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 I love traveling anyway. I mean, there's been a lot of traveling in the last couple of weeks, but it's, it's just good to... It's good to see so many different fans in so many different places, definitely. And also make that make them feel seen. Just yeah. because they don't live in New York or LA doesn't mean I'm not gonna come down and say hello, you know what I mean? Have you felt or or 
had the idea or the thought or the want to bring away from home to other cities all over the world? Yeah, so I, that that is the away from home. That's the name, mate. It yeah. always moves about. Yeah, okay. You've thought... got the pun, have you? <laughs> uh, we need to work better on that. Um, so we started in London. We started in London. Spain. Then we went to Spain. All right, all right. Mm. You do know your shit. Fair mm. dude. Then we went to Spain. And then next year, I, I don't know why, in my head, it's coming to America, not next year, but year after. I don't know why, just instinctively, that's where it's going to be. I where? Would, I would love... I don't want to say anywhere, because then if it doesn't go... I have somewhere in mind... Ooh. Is it somewhere like we wouldn't expect? I don't know. Um, I don't know. It depends. It depends. Um, for me, the most important thing out of that, sorry, the most the most important thing out of that is that it feels like um, that it's grown since since this year, which is going to be a challenge because it felt pretty big this year. Um, where we're going to take it next and, and uh, all I care about is that it's you know easily enough accessible for the fans to get to and also for the bands to play and just somewhere visually that looks cool um, but not really I've not really got into exactly where how do you curate that set uh, like I'd love doing line. that man it's so sick what putting the set list together yeah. the the, um, the band list what do you call it line up there we go fucking hell um <laughs> Yeah, it's something I'd it's, to put on a festival. It's like it's always been a dream of mine. It's been it's an idea I had in the band, um, never quite materialised. Then the first time we did it in London last year it was a free gig, and it was essentially just thank you to the fans, but also celebrating live music being back post uh, lockdown and stuff like that. Um, now. Putting the bands together for me, like I said before, something I've always kind of dreamed of being able to do, having that kind of control and putting a show on that's basically just all the stuff that I love. Um, and that's what I did. Instead of kind of really trying to have too much finesse with what I was doing, it wasn't like I was trying to create a lineup that kind of fits in the middle of what I think the fans love and what I love. I just went with fully what I love. And what was amazing about that process was I watched every band in Spain and the crowd's reaction, a couple of bands, they weren't they weren't so sure at the start, but by the end, everyone's moving and that made me feel really proud, man. It gave me an, and gave me an opportunity to go, here's all the music I love, you know, take it or leave it. And, and they took it, they loved it. Dude, tastemaker, but also in the same breath, giving opportunity to bands that... <laughs> really like wouldn't get th that type of opportunity to be in front of that size of a crowd maybe not at this stage in their career 100 exactly and that that's something that it, it's really special yeah man it's always been important to me that stuff i think there's an element of uh not guilt but you know because i came up in the way that i did through a reality show and obviously in the band and you know that i just feel like you know there's it makes sense for me to give back. You know, I, I, of course, worked really hard to get to where I've got to, but also there was an element of luck in there, right place, right time, like everyone. So as much as I can kind of help with those things, but also, like I said before, I'm a fan of these bands, so I get to watch them like, live for free. <laughs> it's two birds, one stone. Yeah, man. I'm excited for it to come to America. I'm inviting myself. Do you actually have a penguin tattooed on your ass? I do, yeah. Let's see it. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I just looked straight at the camera there. Um, I do. Will I show you it on camera? No, but I will say I have. I'm going to speculate. They've got a lot of little ones. I want to say I've got between 30 and 40 little tattoos. I don't regret one of them, except 
for that penguin on my ass. Really? It's the least sexy thing in the world. Whenever <laughs> it comes time. the time that I do actually take my fucking trousers off, it's not fucking sexy, that shit, man. Do you tell somebody before you take your pants off? Like, hey, just so you know, you're going to see something. <laughs> A little warning label. Yeah, I probably should, but no, I don't, actually. I don't. Um, well, someone's going to love you for you. Hey, well, exactly. And exactly. Penguin included. It was one of those things, man. It felt funny at the time. I think I lost a bet and I was like, oh yeah, I'll do it. I could obviously have got out of it, but um, it's really weird as well. Like a penguin and he's got like headphones on. I don't know why. That's it's cute. a penguin with headfo- headphones on, on my ass cheeks. So he can't no hear, he, he's, he's, so he can muffle out the sound of you getting get, get the word <laughs> <on>. <laughs> 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 That's not, that's not. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, what do you think you over there? But with the song, is it challenging to sing live? Because the chorus is very big. It's fucking hard, man. It's really hard. Um, it's like times, like, I remember the first few times I sang it and I just thought, like, I've written this. Why didn't I just write it a bit easier? You know what I mean? Um, it's definitely the most challenging song I've ever had to sing uh, vocally. But with that comes brings its own challenge. It gives me an opportunity that when I am on the ball, it gives my my vocal a chance to shine, which actually on the other songs, there's not loads of moments like that. Sometimes mm-hmm. I kind of hide behind the melody or have done in the past, whereas there's no hiding behind a chorus like that. So it is hard to sing, but it's almost it's almost more nerve wracking because you understand the kind of of what it takes vocally. So kind of getting yourself into that mental prep, you're always thinking about how big that chorus is. Did this song feel different when you were writing it in terms of like because now your label thinks it's a single, I, it is much bigger. Did it feel different when you were creating it? Um, I remember, I distinctly remember when we landed on the chorus melody, and I think at that time we had the title um when we're going on the day of of writing it and it did it did feel really exciting because like i said i didn't have a song like this on walls so i I had a really good feeling about that song from the off um i probably shouldn't share this but fuck it like when i first when i first played it record label like a couple of them actually said that it was like too alternative now when you hear the rest of my record, I think Bigger Than Me is one of the more, I hate using this word, one of the more pop moments, one of the more slightly more down the middle moments. Um, so it, it, it was kind of, it's funny the way that <laughs> sometimes I feel like you just put a few guitars on something and record labels just go, oh, now it's alternative. But, um, <laughs> that is true. Yeah, it really is. It really is. But, but you know, I'm, I'm a, I had an amazing feeling in the room on that day but I almost feel better about it now only because I've had a couple of times, not loads, but you, sometimes when you have a really good atmosphere in the room when you're writing, it can properly blind blind you. And uh, you'll, you know, you'll, 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 you'll think you've written an unbelievable song and then you come back to it in two days' time and it's just nowhere near as good as you remembered. So I have been conscious of that feeling of kind of being excited in the studio and hoping that actually it's as good as you think it is in that moment. But um, yeah, I feel, re- I feel really good about this, uh, about this song. I-, I do see you as more of an alternative yeah. artist. I, I don't Thank you. want to put music or art into any box, but yeah. like when I... You know, when I saw the show, listening to Walls, listening to what I have uh, of this new body of work, it alternative. Yeah, here's the thing. That that is who I am as a person. 
it's who I want to be as an artist. It's just, it's perception, man. People, people have this preconceived idea of who I am as an artist before I've before they've even heard me, heard a song of mine. So that is what I'm up against, you know. Like for example, even trying to get on like alternative radio over here, like in the UK, like no fucking chance. It's so fucking hard, really fucking hard over here as well because of perception. And those things are challenging for me coming out of One Direction. It's who I am as a person, well, definitely. Yeah, you are alternative you are rock and roll it exists in you but also in your shows and the mm. music and i think it is twofold right like here in america the alternative radio format has gone to such shit that it's mostly a gold-driven format meaning they play a great deal of old music that goes really far back in catalogs so when you look at like an hour by hour breakdown of like new songs to old songs because they've destroyed the format as a whole they've had to rely more on like playing fucking weezers right you know right. blue sweater or whatever the fuck for the, the literally the, the the millionth time right so it, it it is perception but also radio here has gone to total shit mm -hmm. right it really has yeah it really has but you are alternative you create fucking music that is and i don't again i don't want to put anything in the boxes but like when i listen to your records they don't scream pop but mm -hmm. also in the same breath pop is not a genre it's a collection of different songs from all formats that funnel into pop music. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I do think sometimes, and maybe it's the wrong kind of description, but sometimes you're right in what you just say about pop there, but I have to hear those words because instinctively it almost just means safe to me. That's how I interpret it in my head. You're right in what you say. We'll be, we'll but be... instinctively, kind of on the surface, when I'm thinking about something that is pop, because um, like even if I'm thinking in the context of a film, like if it's too pop, I don't mean it's too popular. I just mean it's too safe. Yeah, totally. I mean? Too vanilla. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very exactly. cookie cutter. Yeah, yeah. But you're not cookie cutter. No chance. People are shoving their fingers down your throat at their concerts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gets intense, man. I've seen. I've seen. Maybe you just got to pick up a guitar and play guitar on stage and people are like, ah, oh, now he's a rock star. Yeah, well, honestly, do you know, sometimes <laughs> this industry kind of is funny like that. That might be all it takes. I, I, I do actually need to. I've, I've, I've been playing guitar loosely for the last four or five years. I've, I've stayed at level one for the last, like, five years. But I will, I've been telling myself, maybe on next tour, I'll, I'll bring it out for a couple of tunes. Just about being brave enough in that situation. You nervous? Like anything, like anything like that. You know, it's uh, I'm I'm comfortable doing the way I do it now. So just to add another element to it mm. would be kind of scary. But um, I can't. That's how I, that's how I, that's how I picture myself. Like in me, if, if I'm speculating about where I want to be in five years, ten years, I've got a guitar in me, and ideally, it's just about being brave enough to get up and use it. We started this conversation, even I think before we started uh, on air, about you got to challenge yourself, you got to get yeah, out of your well, comfort exactly zone. That, exactly that, man. Yeah, yeah. It's how you win. It's how you grow. It's how you yeah. strive. Yeah, I agree. You got to listen to Faith in the Future, um, Louis Tomlinson's most recent body of work. There's going to be a link in the description below. Y you, I. Did you end up releasing the track list because Amazon Music leaked it by accident? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. On behalf of Amazon Music, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone got a lighter? Um, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Although, honestly, please believe sometimes that kind of thing. You just like, I remember getting the call and I'm just like, well, what the fuck do you mean? They've put the fucking track listing out there. So, yeah, we had to just kind of jump the gun and go, well, here it is.
I'm sorry. But yeah, it's what it is, man. It's what it is. Well, people make mistakes, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because people then get these titles and they're building stories and there is hype around these records before they even come out. Yeah, yeah. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I suppose it's good and bad. Uh, in my, yeah. Instinctively, I... I, I when it when it first lit, then the titles first came out, you I freaked. was devastated. I was not devastated. That's been dramatic, but I was frustrated. Um, but you're right. Just get people talking about it. Just get people's brains thinking. What does this title mean? And and blah blah blah. But at the time, I was fucking fuming. I'm not gonna lie. But it is what it is. I'm over it now. We, we move on. <laughs> yeah. Faith in the future is the album. Uh, I'm just looking at my notes here. Am I missing anything? Like, w- w- I mean. Uh, the mystery van do you still own your the scooby-doo mystery van do you know what's fucking so shit about that honestly there's certain things when i when i was younger and i speculated what this world might be like <laughs> and it wasn't thinking about things like this so i was me and zane got it together so i think i was like 20 and he was like 19 we got this white like builder's van and we wrapped it uh, as the mystery machine do you know the irony I don't even love Scooby-Doo. Like, <laughs> like, I don't mind it, but, like, the t- it was just, like, a funny thing to do. So I was like, all right, fuck it. And we built, like, do you know the way the window wipers, uh, the, sorry, the the jet for the wipers? Yes. So that's, like, it's, like, this big, and it's got two little fucking nozzles. We had them on side at van facing out, so you could press a button on the van to squirt water. It passes by. <laughs> it was genius, man. Anyway. Why? So we'd had the van about a month and then fucking whoever whoever owns Scooby-Doo God knows some greedy fucker um, <laughs> sent management an email saying no. unless you agree to ABC no way. Um, it's a copyright infringement and you have to take it off what the fuck but you're not making money off it's for your personal use I'm not gonna lie when we're in One Direction the fact that One Direction are going around it that's good promo yes. I don't care how big Scooby-Doo is <laughs> but honestly like and that, in the end we just like we spat our dummies out me and Zane we're like fuck it then we just we drove around in like a white builders van for a while because that's not creepy <laughs> little bit little bit little bit suspect um, but yeah yeah just a mad one like greedy fuckers man <laughs> madness isn't it pieces of shit <laughs> please listen to faith in the future uh, you and zane are still friends yeah you got like there's a i think it would like this last interview this last time when uh when what? i spoke about it before um we, are we friends you'd have to ask him like i feel like i've um i think last time i could be wrong but i believe i said when you asked me a similar question for i believe i said i don't think i'm mature enough to kind of get over maybe I'm getting confused but in my no, head I thought I said mm-hmm. uh, I don't think I'm mature enough to kind of get over what's frustrated me in that relationship I don't know if I'm mature enough now but I'm I, I've definitely closer to kind of being over all that there's been numerous times over the last couple of years where I've thought about him and hoped he's alright so and I've tried it's hard I've tried to get in touch with him but it's it's it, it's hard um, those kind of things but I definitely wish him well definitely wish him well well he's been posting some clips of One Direction songs on Instagram and you've been liking them uh, well there you go you've done your research there mm-hmm. um, yeah exactly, exactly the you and I high note huh the you and I oh, high note come on man like he's like he's a different calibre in terms of singer saying definitely I will say that um, yeah and do you know what well, really nice that it wasn't um it wasn't just a what's the word like a aimless i wasn't just liking it for the sake of liking it i'd say I, I, it was a nice feeling because 
you know, in the past he said what he said about the band and I understand some of what he was saying. But for me, that he, on those videos, it showed he was reflecting. It showed he was thinking about those mm -hmm. times. Um, of course, at the same time, showing off his incredible voice. But um, that's why it made me feel good because it was like, oh, maybe you've got some... You're thinking about good times in the band. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like he... As you grow and you look back, things do take on new meaning. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but but also some end up seeing the past a little bit differently than others. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I, I just I think I think in time I think in time the thing is we just have to bump into each other because neither of us have each other's number. Um, I suppose maybe social media might be the way. But, <laughs> Slide yeah. into the DMs. Exactly, yeah, fucking hell. I think I know him too well for that. <laughs> <laughs> you drove in a white painter's van together? You, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we got way back, man. You remember me, right? <laughs> <laughs> we got that van together? <laughs> um, I, I gotta ask. That Liam Payne, Logan Paulson. You're brave. I fucking rate you for bringing this up, right? Remember what you're going to say, but I'm glad you brought this up. Why? Because my great, great fans that helped me not miss a trick. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say? They said, and to be fair, it wasn't too but, bad. It wasn't too bad. Because when I first went online and I seen like the fans like saying, obviously, like you'd said something about Liam, I was like, waiting for it to listen it wasn't too bad it was that one tweet was it i yes which you now obviously feel <laughs> really bad for because you it know is, you're a good person with a good heart and you don't want to shit on someone like liam no so here's the deal i'm joking i'm enjoying <laughs> watching you fluster man <laughs> he, he was expecting us and he was nervous truly you know when you look back at at, at life there's things you regret that you've said mm -hmm. and that is one of the things that i regret tweeting Mainly because when you watch that video, you can see if you really watch and you really give it time and you, you choose not to just live on the surface and look into his eyes in that video and really try to understand where he's at. It's somebody who's genuinely hurting. It's somebody who's genuinely confused. It's somebody who is still very much processing is somebody who is somebody who is still navigating life but also processing the past mm. and that is that's hard yeah and that's I, and i knocked somebody while they were in my opinion like going through you kicked him on the floor essentially I, I did and that's incredibly wrong of me and from that moment i have learned completely and i would never in a million years do something like that again because really truly i tweeted while I watched on the surface as opposed to really understanding what was going on there mm. and really what we were all witnessing. And also thinking about the person, you know, and I, oh, I hear, I hear totally. what you're saying. And, and we, we're all, we all made the mistake of having these judgments when we watch videos or whatever it might be. And and let me, let me say, uh, you know, that this job is fucking challenging at times, <sighs> mentally, very fucking challenging at times. And I know no one, no one who's listened to this wants to fucking hear that because, you know, we've we've got it good. I appreciate that. But at the same time, there are times where it is challenging mentally. And uh, all I'll say on that, and I don't really want to comment too much on it, but all, all I'd say on that was, I think, which of those annoying poor brothers was it? Logan. Right. I, I, they, he, he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing, the sure. buttons he was pressing, and that that's what I took away from it. I just thought, whoever's involved in that show, 
that annoying Paul brother himself, whoever the other weird guys were, it just felt disrespectful. That's all I'd say. And it just and and they got so much out of it mm -hmm. as if he hadn't got enough already. I fucking hate them, Paul brothers. You. You've got the Spot look of a, of a man who's friends with both of them. No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I, I can promise you right now that Jake Paul blocked me on Twitter. I am his greatest hater. I am the loudest. Per I scream on the rooftop. Oh, that's great, man. That's great. Oh, that's I, great. I, there's a special place in hell waiting for Jake Paul. I knew I liked you, though. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I appreciate you having this conversation with me as I genuinely regret that tweet. And I, As you should. I, I, Liam Payne, I'm so deeply sorry. And if I see you... In any situation, or in a if situation you see like this, him, you're going to apologize. You're going to apologize and also offer to buy him a new pair of trainers. Whatever that done, deal done. All right, cool. I like that's, that. I like that. Nice. <laughs> well, just just like that. <laughs> Final thoughts here. Yeah, this is your second album, and Take Me Home was One Direction's second album. Does that does it feel at all the same, or is it just like feel completely different going into a second album? This whole this whole experience has felt so drastically different to my my uh, solo career. I mean, to to the One Direction days. Um, around that second album, we just had the amazing success of the first album. We as a band didn't really have that second album thing where we were nervous because it was it was already so big by then. Um, it, everything just felt different, mm -hmm. you know. It was it, I I would say appreciate everything more now but that's also probably down to my age as well i was dead yeah. young when that, that album came out i must have been about 20 so yeah like 10 years ago um but yeah i would I, I would say the two feel kind of like very very different um but now you've said that i i'm gonna find the right time to listen to a bit of that album see if i can get myself in that old dead space <laughs> Um, fucking hell, that feels like a lifetime ago now. I can't believe it was it 10, kind of, 12 years ago was. at this point. Yeah, that's it's insane. It's crazy, man. That is crazy. Louis Tomlinson, I appreciate you beyond. No worries, man. Thanks for having me on. I, hopefully for every album, you find it in your schedule. While you're is that a dig? Well, no, what? <laughs> no, between traveling, between Chattanooga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know we rescheduled this once or twice. No. Yeah, I thought that was wait, a little dig. Okay. Wait, you're okay. so in the know. Yeah, man. Why are you? You're so in the know. No, it wasn't a dig. I swear to you. No, and we can literally, you're one of my favorite guests to ever have on the oh, show. Thank and you, I, man. I thank you for always giving us not only like really incredible time, but it, the most honesty. And you, you come totally as you are. And I have. Uh, a, an insane amount of respect and appreciation and admiration for you so I just thank you for doing that and then also thank you for being true to yourself and making music that is an extension of your actual being and doing it because you feel like you need to not because like the business tells you to yeah, do it yeah exactly man exactly and, well thanks for having me on and honestly man like I said to you before like it just feels dead natural man it's nice for me to be able to do interviews where I can feel like I can be completely myself and also I know Listen, I know a couple of them are probably still a little bit grumpy about that Liam tweet, but the rest of the rest of the fans, <laughs> they, they love this shit, man. Cause it's dead real. It's honest. Thanks. We try, and uh, your fans not... have been asking for a follow up from the first yeah. one for years. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Because that was that was great, man. That was great. Hopefully, this one will be. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Judging in the comment section below, but also while you're down there, please listen to Faith in the Future, and you can listen to all of Louis Tomlinson's. Uh, Discography on Amazon Music, where we did leak the tracklist <laughs> nice. early. Um, Are you planning a tour for this album? Yeah, so um, I just finished. Just finished only like a month ago, six weeks ago. But mass, I, 
pretty much two months into this tour this year I said to my manager let's try and get out as quick as we can try and keep this momentum going so I'll start probably middle of next year but it's all kind of nothing's kind of set in stone yet exciting though mm-hmm. yeah very exciting man I feel like I've finally got the ball rolling so let's have it he's a rock star not a pop star there we go man yeah, tattoo that somewhere next to the penguin. <laughs> Louis Tomlinson, everybody. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Hello there, beautiful human. You made it to our conversation with Louis Tomlinson. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Now, who should we talk to next? Let me know. Taking any and all suggestions right now. At Zach Sang Show on any form of social media. Now be safe. Hug your family if you can. Do not go to jail and have a great day. And please keep listening to music because I'm telling you, it helps make the world go round. Okay, I appreciate you. I'll talk to you real soon. Peace and love. By the way, today's episode is made possible by a few incredible humans, including our executive producers, Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zola, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rodensky. Our senior director, Toby Lawless. Our associate producers, Eve Bishop and Claudia Villarreal. Our music is by James Asciutto. Our editor is Camera Carlos Villa Gomez. Our sound mixer is Daniel Chavez Crook. Our post production manager is Caroline Rude. And I'm your host and executive producer, Zach Sang. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I'll talk to you real soon. <laughs>